This is Get a Real Job, the podcast devoted to people who choose risk over safe bets, who pursue their passion against all odds and are doing what they want, how they want, despite people and sometimes the voices in their own heads telling them they're nuts. When the field that I wanted to work in didn't exist, I created it. The only thing you have to decide is how hard you want to work. I really never went into the design of the restaurant of not succeeding. One way or another, I was going to succeed. I'm your host, Dan Bova, editorial director of entrepreneur.com. Thanks for listening. And now, get a real job. Today's guest has played everything from a psychotic Silicon Valley tech investor to Mo on the Three Stooges to Mickey Mouse. He can be at times hilarious or terrifying or sweet and cuddly. Let's see who we get today. Welcome the ridiculously talented Chris Diamantopoulos. Chris, how are you? Dan, I'm better now. What an intro. I, I'm just going to have you do that every morning, actually. <laughs> okay. and just, because then my wife will hear it and she might buy 1% of that. So that, <laughs> that'll get me something. Yeah. Thank you. Well, uh, no, I mean, I've been uh, a fan of yours for a long time, as many people, uh, of course, Silicon Valley uh, episodes, all the movies you're in. Uh, you do a lot of good stuff, Chris, and I think this interview's over. Have a great day. <laughs> Listen, thank you. This is one of the best I've had. Uh, less me talking is a good thing in my life. So well, I, you're, uh, as we speak, you're in uh, this, well, you're forever going to be in this movie, Red Notice. But as we speak, it has been cited as Netflix's biggest hit to date. Do you take full credit for that? I mean, look, I think now these uh, three uh, uh, up-and-comers, uh, Dwayne Johnson and Gal Gadot and Ryan, now Ryan Reynolds, they're probably going to be recognized a little bit on the street. And they'll be like, you're in that Chris Diamantopoulos movie. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, Ted Sarandis keeps calling and telling me what a great hit, you know, and I'm like, dude, dude, can we just give it a rest for a minute? Because <laughs> I've, got, I've got other people on the phone. Um, yes, I, listen, man, I was thrilled at the notion to audition for this movie, you know, and here we are flash forward to the fact that, that I'm, I'm in this thing. I've gotten to work with these remarkable people and that the audiences love it. That that's, uh, you can't ask for anything more than that. Well, uh, I mean, it's, it's extremely entertaining. And so I got to ask you, where did that voice come from? And this, we're not going to give away anything if people haven't seen it yet, but the sure. voice, where did the voice come from? Listen, it all begins with the voice for me in the strangest of ways. When I, when I uh, read the script, the character was uh, from South America and, and uh, I, I didn't want to audition as a South American because there are plenty of phenomenal actors that can do that uh, authentically. Uh, so I thought about making him Greek. And, uh, and, and after I made my audition, uh, Ross and Marshall Thurber, who, who directed and wrote the film, who's a, just a tremendous collaborator and such an intelligent, and affable, genial guy and just ridiculously talented, um, we, we sort of talked about what, what else could he be? What haven't we seen before? Or, or, you know, what can we borrow on in terms of a trope that we can sort of augment or shift? And we came up with this really funny idiosyncratic backstory that the mm -hmm. character is of sort of unknown origin uh from like vaguely baltic maybe quasi-european and his father was a was a, a you know a crime lord and he had this room of uh, his precious artifacts his his belongings that no one was to touch and one day he saw his son touching his prized possession which is this 1945 
uh, army Colt revolver. And the dad rushed in in a drug-fueled rage and grabbed the son, me, by the throat. And as he's in this tussle, the gun goes off and the son kills the father, but the father has paralyzed the son's vocal cords. And so when the son comes up onto Interpol's, you know, radar, where is he from? And what is this? Yeah. And it's kind of this neat, neat little backstory. It gave me plenty to work with. <laughs> That's phenomenal. I mean, have you always, I mean, just some of the, the credits that I listed there, have you always just had a natural knack for, for all kinds of different voices? Yeah, I think I have, you know, and, and it, it probably was helped by the fact that I, I worked on Broadway for 15 years before I ever got into any screen or, or, or animation work. Uh, you know, eight shows a week of, of singing various things like Les Miserables or whatever. It, it just, it trained my voice and I've always had a, a musical ear and a good ear for mimicry. And, um, I, I, it is, it, it seems to be the, the, one of my, uh, one of my tools as an actor that I go to, if I can find even the slight difference in, in, in a vocal quality for a character, yeah. it gives me something interesting to latch onto and, and makes the role more fun. Well, I, by the end of this interview, I expect a full dead on uh, Dan Bova impersonation. Just put on <laughs> your heaviest Long Island accent and you got it. <laughs> Long, Long Island, Long Island. There like it is. Yes, yeah, there yeah. It is. yeah, yeah. So one thing I'm interested in is, um, and only one thing I'm interested in. Very Chris. good. Yeah. Um, so obviously you're an incredibly talented guy. You, you're able to inhabit all these different characters with all these different voices. You you know, have this ability to do this, but I wonder convincing other people that I know I might not seem like Mickey Mouse, but I can do it. Um, because I think people have that thing in their lives, no matter what field they're in, it's you believe in yourself, but now you've got to convince someone else that you can do it. So what, what's your process like there? That's a really great question. And it's very well put. And, you know, you talk about people in, in every aspect of life wanting to show people what they're capable of. You know, my job by definition is to do that every day. You know, mm -hmm. I can't support my family unless I can convince somebody that I can do the very thing that they believe there's no way that I'm capable of doing. Right. And it's, it can be frustrating at times. It can feel like an uphill battle, but it, it's also exhilarating. And it's my job. My job is to audition. And an audition, for lack of a better term, is a job interview. Yeah. And my job interview happens to be, so show us that you can be Walt Disney's original Mickey Mouse. And I sound like this. Right. And so the, the, the issue there is how do I convince myself that I can do this? Because really, uh, it's if I, can, if I can convince myself that I am the guy for this, uh, that's the power I need then to go forth. And when I heard about the Mickey Mouse thing, for example... I said, no, at first, I don't want to audition for this because I don't think I can do this. And, you know, the audition came to me because I'd just done the Fairly Brothers Stooges movie and I had a, a real facility for that 30s vernacular. I'm a huge Stooge fan. So mm. doing Mo was, was easier for me than people might've thought. I don't look like him, I don't sound like him, but I had 30 plus years of love for him. That right. I, I, I knew how he moved his arm when he spoke and, and, and how his <laughs> face looked when he would react to something. And that informed where the, you know, where the voice would come from. Right. And so, so for, for Mickey, I didn't want to touch it until 
I saw an interview randomly with Walt Disney talking to a journalist, and he sounded a lot like me. His uh. speech, his cadence, his his voice was gravelly, and 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 then some. And they said to him, "Can you still do the, the Can you still do the mouse?" And he said, "Oh well, oh boy, I sure can." And I watched what he did with his face and his body, and I thought, "Oh gosh, yes, yes. It's not just the voice. It's if you're going to do it, you got to be it." And so uh, when I tried to be it, I realized, holy moly, I, I, I think I can do this. And, and it really, it goes for, for any, any of the roles. If, if, I, can, if I can do it, uh, it gives me, if I, if I feel like I can do it, then it gives me the confidence to go forth and present it. Sometimes producers uh, can be myopic, and unless it's directly in their face, um, they're not going to give you the chance. But I'm hopeful that maybe with some more of, of my material out there and some more, yeah. some more of these projects out there that they'll get an idea of now, wait a minute. Okay. Uh, we have this role that's really hard to cast. I have, maybe this guy can do it. That's, that's amazing. Wow. That, that's incredible. So, so going back to the beginnings of your uh, career, um, you know, did you, was this always going to be the deal for you or was there a backup plan to the very predictable and easy to break in world of acting? I, um, when I was nine years old, my, I, all I would ever do is entertain my family with, you know, Stooges routines, or I would do, I would do, uh, Danny Kay routines for my family. My father brought home the court jester on, 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 on a tape. And he, and he said to me, he said, this movie meant so much to me. I need you to see this movie. We'll love this movie. You need to watch this movie. And, and he put it on and I, and I burned out the tape. I mean, <laughs> that was, it was, it was a revelatory thing for me to see Danny Kay. And that's really maybe where all this voice stuff began. Because yeah. in, the, in, the, in the movie, he says, my, my, my dear sir, Giacomo is a master of many, many tongues indeed. French, le pacas dures, le pacas romantiques, le pétoiles. Italian, et c'est pronto le venda, le sorto le vasta, le sforzo le bonde. I mean, he goes on and I was like, oh my, I mean, that, that, <laughs> that, that notion was just, and the patter songs, the, the, the facility with the, you know, when I was a lad, I was gloomy and sad as I was from the day I was born. When other lads giggled and giggled and wiggled, I proudly was loudly forlorn. My friends and my family looked at me grandly. It was just <laughs> remarkable. So that really sort of made me realize, oh, hang on a second now. This is this that, that you can do that. And and my mother, to her credit, uh, saw that I wanted to entertain and she signed me up for improv lessons in, in Toronto. And there was this school for kids to do improv on Saturdays. And at the end of the nine weeks, agents came by and and I got an agent and I started doing commercials and and I got the bug really, really early on. And when I was, when I hit puberty, I was a really ugly kid. I mean, just, <laughs> no, no, no. And I'm not even saying this to be funny. I, I mean, I have to find an old headshot of mine from when I was 13 years old. It looked like somebody sprayed me in the face with Crisco oil, punched me in both eyes to wake me up and, 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 and put my hair through like a, like a, I mean, I just, I, it was, it was terrible. But what that did was it made me realize that I, I couldn't rely on any sort of precocious good looks anymore if I wanted to act. And so I started looking through classified ads for uh, community theater productions of anything. And I, I would play a rock in something or I'd play a, a, a one line role just so that I could do it. And, wow. and, and, and in a really short amount of time, when I think about it, I found myself on Broadway and I was, I, I couldn't believe it because I had no place being there. I wasn't a, 
a trained singer. I will say for about five months before I moved to New York, I took opera lessons. And, and those five months of opera lessons have probably been the most valuable uh, 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 lessons for me as even as a voice actor, as an actor. I mean, understanding how to use my instrument. Um, wow. And yeah, and, 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 it was, and it was always, sorry about that. And it was always going to be that way. Uh, I knew I was going to be an actor. I knew that that was going to happen. And, and I've followed it through. I think there was a brief period in time in 10th grade where a teacher of mine said, you know, you'd, you'd be a good lawyer. Mm. And you thought about going, going into law. And everyone in my family had been to university. And my parents just naturally assumed I was going to go to school. And I, I, for a brief moment in 10th grade, I thought, well, maybe I'll be a lawyer. Maybe I'll be a lawyer. Maybe I'll be a lawyer. And then I auditioned for the school musical. And I thought, I, I, this is what <laughs> I have to do. And, and I, 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 just, I ended up actually leaving high school early to go do a, a, a touring show. And, and I, much to my surprise, my father said, look, your path isn't the prototypical path. You know, I, I, I'm not comfortable with this, but I know that it's what you have to do. So go do it. Oh, that that's incredible. That's awesome. I could just see if you were a lawyer, you felt like the case was sort of getting out of your hands. It's break into a song and dance, get the, <laughs> yeah. get the jury back on your side. <laughs> now, wait a minute, your honor. Now, now, hang on, hang on a second. You know, I, I bring, it's like Mickey meets uh, Mr. Smith goes to Washington, yeah. <laughs> which by the way, you know, Mickey, my Mickey really is Walt meets Jimmy Stewart meets Mo Howard meets falsetto. I mean, that's, <laughs> now, now, hang on a second now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Oh my God, that's great. Well, I, you know, I was going to ask you about, um, in particular, roles of yours that I've enjoyed uh, uh, on episodes in Silicon Valley. You're, you're very good at portraying these like manic, head-exploding characters who just have a million ideas and they're in a million places at once. I was going to ask, where does that energy come from? But I'm starting to get a hint. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, I loved doing episodes. I, I really, there was, there was a, you know, David Crane who wrote that is, is really brilliant. Je Jeffrey Cleric and, and David Crane, they would write out the entire season and they would, they would, from what I understand, they would read it out loud to make sure that it, it worked like, like an opera. The rhythm of the dialogue worked like an opera. And so they would get it to the point where it was so fine-tuned that we didn't improvise a comma. Really? Even the guttural utterances from characters were scripted. Wow. Really? Was, wow. Well, when I watched the show before I was on it, I was convinced that most of it was improv. Yeah. yeah. Because it's so loose and yeah. so natural. But that's a testament to their writing. So... Um, when I got that five-page monologue in in that show, where I where I completely went off the rails as a, as, a, as a you know TV network president, I and, and here's a funny story actually. Uh, I landed in London uh, and at the airport. Uh, so uh, I landed in London. We were going to do the table read the morning after I landed there. And as I was waiting for my car, Matt LeBlanc was on on the same flight, and and he said to me, "Are you are you ready for the table read tomorrow?" And I said, "Well." ready for yes i mean i'm we were going to do a table read of the whole season and i said yeah i'm i mean what do you mean by ready for it because you know table reads typically in hollywood is the actors and the writers sit down at a table with the network executives in the periphery and we read the script it's very casual you're just reading it to make sure there aren't any problems or that everything works and that it flows uh -huh. and, and so on and so forth and typically they can be a rather dry affair a lot of actors you know show up in a baseball hat and you know just sort of not wanting to be seen and now i don't take that approach i usually you know i, I 
because I'm always trying to procure more work and save my job, I want to make sure that I'm, you know, prepared. But I didn't know what he meant. That was an odd thing to say. Are you prepared? And he said, oh, no, 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 no. You better know this. This is a performance. This is a performance. And and so I I stayed up all night and I learned my material. And when I got there, I realized it was the right thing that I did that because uh, it was a performance. And I... I, I, I had to be ready. And, uh, oof, that was nerve wracking. Wow. I mean, was, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, we were, we were referencing the material, but you had to really, really know it. And, and I'm glad I did because the material was, it was pitch perfect. It was, it was just right. And, and the manic energy, I guess, just comes from, to be perfectly honest, Dan, every time I get hired and it's going to sound terrible, it's, it's disparaging, I guess, but I just, I still can't believe that I got hired. I still can't believe that I, I get oh. to do this. I can't believe, no, it's true. Yeah. I'm just so, and it's, it's fortunate when I can put that energy into a character that, 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 that that's required and right. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the character needs to have that energy, yeah. but, but really it's this, I'm nine years old every time and holy moly, like I get to do this. This is yeah. crazy. This that's, is, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I can only imagine more coming up from our guests, but first a word from our sponsor. If this year has taught us anything, it's that tomorrow may not look like today. But Schwab knows that successful financial planning can help propel net worth by 2.7 times. That's why Schwab offers a variety of easy, flexible financial planning options that can rise to meet any of life's many curveballs. Whether it's making a complimentary retirement plan online or chatting directly with a financial consultant, Anyone can look forward to planning with Schwab. Learn more at schwab.com slash plan. And our next sponsor. Do you feel like you missed the boat with cryptocurrency? Well, cryptocurrency might feel like a secret or exclusive club, but Coinbase believes that everyone everywhere should be able to get in the door. So whether you've been trading for years or just getting started, Coinbase can help. Coinbase offers a trusted and easy-to-use platform to buy, sell, and spend cryptocurrency. They support the most popular digital currencies on the market and make them accessible to everyone. They offer portfolio management and protection, learning resources, and a mobile app so you can trade securely and monitor your crypto all in one place. Millions of people in over 100 companies trust Coinbase for their digital assets. So whether you're looking to diversify, just getting started, or searching for a better way to access crypto markets, start today with Coinbase. For a limited time, new users can get $10 in free Bitcoin when you sign up today at Coinbase.com slash G-A-R-J. Sign up at Coinbase.com slash G-A-R-J for $10 in free Bitcoin. This offer is for a limited time only, so be sure to sign up today. That's Coinbase.com slash G-A-R-J. And we're back. And that story with with, uh, with the table read, I think, you know, there's so there's so many lessons in that yeah. uh, that you clearly explained. But I mean, what's the what's the danger of being overprepared? Like, just say uh, you got there and Matt was kind of fucking with you a little bit, and it wasn't really like that. Like, the danger is you were just overprepared. But the fact that you were prepared for that moment, uh, I think. I, I, I think preparation is key. I think preparation is key in every aspect of life. Uh, and yeah. it's funny in the last 
you know, two years and since the pandemic hit, I've been a, a real student of Stoic philosophy. I've been reading a lot of Marcus Aurelius. I've been reading a lot of Ryan Holiday and, and Epictetus. And I've been, I've been, I've been delving into this notion of mortality for obvious reasons, right? You sound and, like an idiot, but continue. <laughs> <laughs> I am an idiot, by the way. Uh, you know, uh, reading these things doesn't doesn't does not preclude the fact that I'm an idiot. I'm just no, no, I'm, no. I'm, I am reading these things and hoping to to maybe be less idiotic, at least about the notion of death. And uh, I, I, I will say that I am learning that the great leaders of the past and maybe even the present do all have one thing in common, and they prepare for the worst. Mm. And and if you can prepare for the worst at a cellular level, when the worst happens, it's already happened. Right. And you can carry on. And, and so as an actor, the worst thing that can happen to you is to be told to do something that you don't know how to do or cannot do or, or don't understand. And it's not only the worst thing that can happen to you, it's the worst thing that can happen to production. And all these people are counting on you. Right. There's time is of the essence. Got to, a hundred people here waiting for you to, so you better be ready for whatever it is. I don't believe in being overprepared. There are a lot of directors that would say, no, I don't want to rehearse this or whatever. And I think that's fine. But my job before I get there is to yeah. have been yeah. so fucking rehearsed <laughs> that I know everything so that when they say, let's not rehearse, I say, yeah, let's just be loosey goosey. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just, it's the way I am with auditioning too, which can be really frustrating when the agent calls and says, you have an audition. They want it by later today. And it's like, how am I going to learn yeah. 14 pages of material and, and make it good? And the, the answer is sometimes not. And, 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 you know, so the audition might not be the best, but whatever, we do our best. I, you know, I'm, it's astounding, um, you know, when you talked about how, you know, when, it, when you say like a show feels improv because the words are just coming out of the people's mouths, like you see the, the light behind their eyes, like they're just thinking of this idea as they're saying it. And it's it's mystifying to people on my side of of the screen watching you that how could you memorize that and then speak it like the ideas are popping into your head at that moment, even though you've got three pages in your brain committed to memory. That is I mean, just an amazing thing. It is. And you look at the great masters who do it better than anyone. You look at someone like my friend and mentor, Brian Cranston, hmm. and you watch this guy deliver lines that aren't lines. He's not a character. He's not an actor. It's not like you're watching your next door neighbor. Right. right. And, 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 and it's, it's the most incredible thing in the world. And I don't know if you've had the privilege of seeing Brian on stage, but when I saw him on network, you know, I'll say this, it's rare for me. And this is a very egomaniacal statement, but it's the truth. It's rare for me to see uh, an actor do something that I don't think at some point deep down, Oh yeah, I think given X, Y, and Z, I could do that. Mm. You know, if I had a tremendous yep. director and, and a really great screenwriter and a good DP and a great makeup artist, and I could do that uh, because I have a real facility with changing who I am, and really, I, I do love to embody roles. and And so it's rare for me to sort of think anything other than, yeah, I could do that. I could do that, and, and yeah. it excites yeah. me. That's what gets me up every morning. Right, right. Well, I, I saw Brian in Network. And I'm here to say, I, I can't do that. And, 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 and I, and I, I, I want to be, maybe one day I'll be able to do that. Yeah. But I was so floored by the level of vulnerability and 
where he was in the moment. And, 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 and the thing that floored me even more was I had a dear friend that was in the show with him who said, you think that's good? Every night it's different. Huh. And that, I mean, it's just, look, Brian is, is uh, in many ways my patron saint and also my sort of beacon of hope for if I can keep my head down and continue to work hard and continue to be lucky, that is what I'm striving for. Mm. I think that's a career that's noteworthy. And even if I end up at 0.5% of that, man, oh man, would that have been a great ride? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, that's, yeah. I mean, he's incredible. Uh, I heard that there's a show that's breaking something, mm-hmm. something like that, yeah, but it's, yeah, breaking I heard it's something great. It might be some of the, some of the best acting work we've ever seen, but yeah. I, I so hear are it. you, so I, I always wonder that like for, for an actor, you know, obviously if you're seeing something that's just incredible, like lights out the best thing ever, but just watching typical TV, are you able to watch it and like just watch it as a viewer or are you just dissecting it the way someone who writes is always dissecting what they're reading? If it's, that's a great question. If it's good, I'm in. I'm the yeah. best audience member you're ever going to find. I'm the best audience member because I want to be entertained because if I'm entertained, then it can remind me how much I love to entertain. Right. You know, when I watch Succession, I'm all in, baby. I am all <laughs> in. I, you know, uh, when I watched the first season of House of Cards, I was all in. Yeah. You know? um, yeah. Uh, the morning show, I'm all in. Um, uh, Seinfeld, I'm all in. Family Ties, I'm all in. Right. I mean, it doesn't have to be Brecht in order for me to be all in. It just has to be good. They just right. have to be in. Modern Family, I'm all in. You know, um, yeah. I think I think if it's good. If they're having fun, if 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 it's done well, uh, uh, no, I don't see behind the curtain. Um, I have a harder time going to the theater, I think, than than watching something um, oh, okay. on the screen. Um, yeah, I, 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 because I've, you know, literally, metaphorically, uh, literally and metaphorically, seen behind the curtain. Uh, right, and, right, and, right. And, and, and for some reason, when it's on when it's on screen. Um, if it's telling the story well, if they're doing their job well, I'm just transported instantly. That's great. That's great. So you, uh, you know, with, with Netflix, you've got um, <clears throat> the uh, Red Notice. You've also got True Story coming up with Kevin Hart, Wesley Snipes. So with those two, you got The Rock, Gal Gadot, Ryan Reynolds, and you. Who's the biggest diva on set? Me. <laughs> Um, without without question um of the people that you have mentioned dwayne johnson gal ryan kevin wesley i wish i had something salacious to tell you i i i feel like it's been an embarrassment just make something up it's fine i know i should i should (laughs) um (laughs) they're they're lovely people man kevin was reminding me of my lines when i would miss them wesley would wait an hour and a half when something went wrong and He's just happily reading something. Uh, DJ knew everybody's name on set and made everybody feel better. Ryan kept us entertained with the funniest banter you've ever heard. Yeah. And, and Gal was this incandescent alien unicorn who is <laughs> equal parts self-effacing and funny and can hang with the boys and the most impossibly mythically Helen of Troy beautiful you've ever seen and powerful. Like I would want her to change my tire and yeah. I, I don't, you know what I mean? Uh, no, I think it was me. 
I was like, it's 73 degrees in my trailer, and I wanted it to be 72 immediately. Uh, that's great. That's great. Well, uh, Chris, this has been uh, amazing talking to you. And uh, as I said, I've been a big fan. And having talked to you, now I hate you. But um, <laughs> but I, I can't wait Not to see happen. True Story. Um, it, it, looks, it looks awesome. Um, and w- what are some other things that you're excited about that are coming down the pipe? I mean, look, man, I'm, I'm so lucky to be involved in these things. I think you're going to love True Story. True Story, it, it, it's, it's like if you could take Goodfellas and adapt it to like a mythical version of Kevin Hart's origin story and then serialize it, that's what you fucking got. <laughs> My God. Oh, it's great. It's, it's edge of your seat. You'll watch it in a weekend. I can't wait for you to see it. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's really a chance for me to go full-on brutal. Uh, the character is really very, very dark. He's a monster. And it, it, that was fun to do. Um, I'm on a show that I love called Made for Love that's on HBO Max. And it's mm. if you haven't seen it and, and you're looking for your sort of next Silicon Valley, that's the one to check out. Ah. Uh, it's just this subversive and unique look at a dystopian future where a company like Google might have taken things to the nth degree. And it's got a tremendous cast, brilliant writers. Um, and uh, I was a fan of it. And then they, I got a call saying they want you to be in the second season. And I, I, I didn't ask what it was. I didn't, I was like, yep, yes, yep, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> because I just think that they're all so brilliant. So that's exciting. Um, and uh, yeah, I think, I think 2022 is actually going to have a lot of fun stuff for me. There, there are a few things in the pipeline in, in both the animation world and um, live action that I, I, yeah, I'm just, I'm really lucky, man. So thanks for taking the time. And I, I really enjoy you and, and we should do this again sometime. Yeah, I'd love it. I'd love it. Uh, really, really great talking to you. And uh, on behalf of the viewing public, thank you for everything because you are a very entertaining uh, young man. So thank you so much. Great talking to you. Thanks. I really appreciate you saying that. Thanks for taking the time. Let's do it again soon. And good luck with your son. Oh, thank you. And if you are ever late to another <laughs> podcast, I swear to God. Oh, God. Oh, my God. I know. I know. I know. 12 minutes. Next, Listen, next time we do this, I'm 12 minutes early. I'm going to be in that <laughs> Zoom waiting room. And you're going to feel so awkward because you're going to see that I'm there. <laughs> Beautiful. All right, man. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks again. All the best to you. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye. That's our episode, folks. Hope you enjoyed it. Get a Real Job comes out every Tuesday. So be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you harvest your favorite podcasts. Leave us a review. Give us a share. Big people. Go to entrepreneur.com for new episodes of this and to listen to our other great podcasts. Thanks. Thanks.